This episode is going to focus on getting yourself and your dog ready to go back out and start enjoying some public events. If you've already had your COVID vaccine and you're protected, then you're really anxious, as am I, to get back to doing some normal things. But it's been a while since your dog has been out because you guys have been uh, hunkered down, as it were. So this episode is about getting your dog ready, and yourself, by the way, to go back out into public places. Let's start off small and gradually progress. If you are a dog owner, then you're going to take it even slower. If you are a service dog owner, then you might be jumping ahead a little bit because your dog has gotten used to some things already. Let's get started. Are you nervous about going back out into the public? Well, I'll let you in on a secret. I was kind of nervous too. And then I realized, whoa, I need to get a check on this. Because if I'm nervous, my dog is going to feed that negative energy and my dog is going to maybe not serve me in a way to protect me and alert me when my blood sugar goes low. So get yourself in check. Do uh, some positive imagery, some relaxation, some focused breathing, whatever it is uh, that you need to do before you go back out with your dog. Make sure that you've got yourself nice and calm a calm owner is a calm dog, okay? They will feed off of your energy, whether you have a service animal or not, because a dog is still a dog. Service animals are just highly trained, specialized animals who have a certain way about them that makes them particularly good for the people who need them. So they're still a dog, okay? Don't, don't ever underestimate that fact. You need to treat them as such. They're not humans, they're canines. All right, so you've got yourself under control, but is your dog ready to go? Let's talk about that. thing you want to consider is how long of a walk are you going? So if you're going out into the woods, you're going to need a walking stick, uh, maybe a fanny pack with a light snack, just in case something happens, your cell phone, and maybe some dog treats, maybe a collapsible water dish for your dog, along with a water container for you and your dog. If you're taking it more easy and just strolling around the neighborhood on the sidewalks, then you probably don't need too much. Uh, You probably just need your keys to the house and maybe your cell phone. But your dog needs to be outfitted appropriately. Uh, 
Now, whether you use a regular tethered leash, a harness, or a collar with a retractable leash, which I'm just going to say it now, uh, not a big fan of the retractable leashes, especially for larger dogs. It lets your dog get so far away from you that they're no longer concentrating on you or have anything to do with you. Anybody that is walking their dog and walks their dog and keeps them beside them at their heels, bless the term heel, knows this. And if, if you're still a dog owner who lets their dog walk in front of them, please reconsider. You can teach your dog to walk beside you. And once they're walking beside you, they will behave much differently than a dog who is just exploring the grounds around you and you're just the spike in the ground to which they're chained. They will become more engaged with you and it will become more of a pack ritual, a pack experience. Dogs go on the hunt as, uh, as it were when they were in the wild or if they are in the wild, they, they go on the hunt. And in captivity, in, in the world that we have set up for them, we go on walks with our dog. It's a very bonding activity, or it can be. And if you have your dog beside you, then it becomes more of a bonding exercise as well. So make sure that you know where you want your dog to be going on the walk. Let's discuss how to make sure your dog is safe on the walk, whether you're going out into the woods or just around the neighborhood. of the walk is a bonding exercise between you and your canine. But before you take your dog out on the walk, let's make sure they're safe. Okay? So we've already talked about the leash and you know my preference. I don't like the retractable leashes. But have you thought about what they're wearing around their neck as far as identifications? Because dogs cannot talk to us. And if a gunshot is fired, or fireworks are fired, or a car backfires, or something spooks your animal to where they run from you, then you need to have a way to get them back. I'm a huge fan of GPS uh, for your animal. And the GPS collars specially made for canines usually have a rechargeable battery that you can plug in that is good for around three days. I have seen so many posts on Facebook, hundreds upon hundreds every year of animals lost in our area. If they were all wearing a GPS signal, I guarantee you they would have recaptured their animals much more quickly or if at all some some people never see their animal again. So please consider having some sort of GPS uh, signaling on your animal. 
I mean, seriously, folks, you love your animal, okay? You're going to take care of this dog until the day it dies. You're not one of those people who are going to just turn it into the shelter because it got old or because it needs some work done or because you just no longer care for the dog. You're not that person. You're listening to this podcast because you value your dog as part of the family. That dog might be more important to you than some members of your family, in fact. Dogs are the absolute best part of being a human. So in my mind, that conveys over to making sure they're safe. Get a GPS uh, signal for their collar so that if they do get loose, you can log in and see exactly where they are. Now, when I say exactly, ours lets us know within like 20 yards, uh, which is great because when dogs run, they just run. They don't really stay in one fashion. They, They zigzag, they go weird directions. And this will help you locate your dog a lot easier. So think about that next time. Sorry, didn't mean to get off on a tangent, but it's really important to me. It's, it's, it's one of my pet peeves is that animals get lost so quickly and we can do something to prevent it. Oh, if I haven't mentioned, I, mine, the one that we use on Boomer, is called Whistle. So it, they're not paying me for this and I don't, I don't expect anything from them. This is just my recommendation. We looked into it, and that's the one we decided. Let's talk about picking up after your animal while you're out on the walk. It's not only nice, it's mandatory. You cannot leave feces laying in someone's yard someone's sidewalk on a public park you cannot leave it there it is your responsibility and your uh, it's your duty to pick up the duty (laughs) I'm just gonna say that so you should always 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 carry around dog bags with you I found this nice little across-the-shoulder pouch that's neither male nor female it's very utilitarian and I carry it with me when we go out everywhere I got it off of Amazon oh my gosh I'm one of those people I love Amazon the name on the bag says pet bonus and it's great it has little compartments for everything even a little back pocket where you can pull the bags through you're a dog owner you have to pick up after your dog. There are no excuses. There should be bags everywhere, in your car, in your pocket, in your jacket, on the dog. You can tie one on, an emergency one. You can tie an emergency bag onto the leash. You can use one of those cute little uh, dog bone shaped containers that clip right onto the leash. You have to pick up after your dog when they're out. And while we're talking about Uh, dogs relieving themselves do not let your dog pee on someone's bushes or flowers that's part of your responsibility as a dog owner too you are supposed to be in control of your dog at all times controlling when a dog uses the bathroom 
when a dog smells things, not only puts you in control, obviously, but it also bonds you with that dog and that dog is going to start looking to you for clues. Where do you want me to go, mommy or daddy, if you're a guy listening? And controlling parts of the dog's life, you already do that anyway. You decide when they eat, you decide when you take them out for the walk. Uh, They come to you whining and telling you that they need to go out, sure, but you are the one who actually takes them out on a leash to relieve themselves. And if you have a fenced-in yard, that's great. You can use that occasionally, but that doesn't negate the need, the absolute purpose of the walk. If there's nothing else that Caesar Milan teaches, and if you don't agree with anything else that Caesar talks about, you have to agree on the basic need for you to walk your dog. It's good for everybody involved. It's good for you. It's good for the dog. It's good for your relationship. No, strike that. It's not good for your relationship with your dog. It is absolutely mandatory. And if you are a service dog owner and you are not capable of going on a walk, you can go on a smaller walk. It doesn't have to be a strenuous get your hiking boots on walk, but you can still go on a small walk, even if it's just a few houses down and back, hopefully. Hopefully you're not that uh, disabled to where you can't, and and I pray that you're not. I I know there are people out there that are like that, and maybe you can get in your wheelchair and take them for a walk with the wheelchair. Anything. It's a bonding exercise. It helps bond you with your dog. Caesar is absolutely right about that. You cannot argue the fact that the dog walk is essential. Now we're ready for a walk. You've got your emotions under control. You've got items packed away that you're taking along with you on the walk. And you've got your dog safely secured. So you're ready for a walk. Where are you going to go? Well, for you regular dog owners, just start out small. Start out where you have been going already and venture out a little further past that. So if you're walking in your neighborhood, maybe consider walking the neighborhood a different direction or different streets and including maybe the neighborhood next door. If you're already walking your dog in the woods and you're going to say, oh, I don't know, Bernheim Forest, my personal favorite, then consider going on different trails, consider going backwards on those trails, Consider mixing it up and consider making it longer and longer each time. This is going to help increase your confidence and thus instill more confidence in your canine as well. Because that's what this is all about. This is about building your confidence so that when you're out with your dog, that your dog will feed off of your positive energy and your confidence and they will be a calm dog as well. Okay, you've already done the paths, you've already done the parks, you've already done Burnham Forest, every single path that they offer. What's next? Go somewhere new that you have not been and the dog has not been. Go somewhere where you can enjoy a walk for the same amount of time, but it's somewhere different. 
Disclaimer, please make sure it's safe. Please make sure you're not walking in a dangerous time or that you're putting yourself or your dog at risk. I do not want to hear about someone going to a neighborhood because Marcia said to, no, go there and know that it's safe. Don't go to somewhere where it's dangerous, all right? Go in broad daylight, go when people are gonna be there, go on the weekends when there's more activity. Don't go early in the morning or late at night when you might be alone. Keep these things in mind so that you stay safe because the world is not the place that we thought it was when we were growing up. And what I say is what we thought it was because it wasn't safe back then either. So just be aware of your surroundings. Make sure you're not putting yourself at risk. Make sure you're not putting your dog at risk. As for myself, I carry my cell phone with me at all times. Uh, when I go hiking, I have big sticks that I carry around with me. And I've kind of got a big dog with me, so I don't think many people are going to come near me. But I am, I am uh, aware of my surroundings a little bit more than I used to be when I was younger. So keep an eye out and make sure that you're safe. your anxiety, you walk the paths, your dog is back into the tune of things, you're ready to venture out. Somewhere other than the parks, somewhere other than the neighborhood, somewhere other than Burnham Forest, although what's better than Burnham Forest? <laughs> okay, if you're listening to this and you don't live in the Louisville area, Burnham Forest is this wonderful oasis of great walking trails, both paved and unpaved, uh, completely fenced in so that you have nature uh, very securely at your fingertips. Beautiful artwork uh, in the fields. It's just heaven. So that's that's my happy place. But you're ready. Uh, if, if you've got a service dog, you can start venturing into the grocery stores and going shopping at Target. Oh my goodness, who loves going to Target? Raise your hands. Oh, everybody. And going out to eat. Now, I would uh, I would venture to say that uh, non-service dog owners can take their dogs to numerous places as well. They're very welcome, and, and thankfully, society is opening up more and more for canines for their establishments. Please make sure that your dog is not aggressive before you take them into any establishment, whether it be uh, Bass Pro or Sam's Club. I don't think Sam's Club, you can take any dog in there. I think it's just service dogs. I'm sorry, guys. I'm really not sure which places uh, the non-service dogs can go, but but please call them and ask. They'll, they'll tell you. Please make sure that your dog is okay with this. Uh, make sure that they're not going to lunge after any other animals if you see them. Or people. Good night. Heavens. No, please don't take your dog in there if they lunge at people. Please make sure that you remain calm. If you feel your shoulders tensing up, and you're getting nervous, your dog is going to be more reactive. 
that's just how it goes. They feed off of our behavior. If it's good, then that's good. But if, if our feelings are negative and bad, then that's bad. So make sure you breathe and relax your shoulders and know that you're in control of that animal, okay? Now, if this is your first time going indoors, you want to be aware of one important critical feature. You're going indoors with your dog without anything being purchased. You are just going in there to get them acclimated to going inside a store. And I think the magic number is like seven, eight, nine different places to get your dog acclimated to doing something whether it's a, a trick or a command or whatever. You need to do it in seven, eight, nine, ten different places before they know what that command means to do, whether it be a trick or uh, something for you as a service dog owner. So if you're getting your dog to sit, for example, you get them to sit in the living room. Then you take them outside and you get them to sit outside. Then you're at the park and you get them to sit at a park bench down on the ground or whatever. You get the clue? Yeah. So the same thing applies when you're going inside an establishment, inside a building with your dog. First priority, make sure they have relieved themselves. If they have not relieved themselves and you cannot be assured that they're going to not relieve themselves while you're inside a business, don't even go. You need to get that under control first. You need to get them eliminating when you tell them to eliminate. Then you can venture inside the store. And when you first start going inside the stores, do not go in there to buy anything at all. You are simply focusing yourself on walking the dog through the store to get them used to the layout, to get them used to going from the car through the parking lot into the store. After you have your motions in check, you can enter the store. As a service dog owner, we like to do a little uh, exercise before going inside anywhere, before we open up doors, of having them sit before we go into a store. And when we're inside the store, we practice exercises of making them sit down and stay and then we walk away from them now if you've just got a regular dog don't do this to them you will overload them you will send them through a tizzy and you could overload your dog you do not want to stress your dog out please do not do that but as service dog owners you're going to do that so that you can practice that because when you're going through TSA you have to have your dog away from you for up to 10 feet uh, for any amount of time before they want you to have your dog walk through the scanner. Boomer's totally fine with that. He always has been. Like I said, he was a rescue dog that people just did not know what they had when they turned him away. And thank you for that because he was meant for me. So know when you're going into the stores, please take it easy. Take it one step at a time. If your dog is showing you tail tucked, ears down, 
head lowered, if they're showing you all the signs that they are nervous and they're not okay with this, don't push them. Don't make them go inside the store. Walk around uh, somewhere else. Maybe walk up and down the outside of stores, the you know the outdoor outdoor strip malls. Walk up and down the sidewalks of that. Don't go in and out of the cars. That's not safe. Walk along the sidewalks outside the store. Make sure your dog is okay with that, and make sure you're okay with that. Are your shoulders up around your ears tense? Are your hands tense and and wet and clammy? If they are, then your dog is going to respond to that as well. Let's talk about Boomer for a second. I don't think I've talked about him on the last episode. Boomer is a rescue animal. Uh, We found him down in Florida after we had to put Pinky, our most beloved dog, down. She was not a service dog. However, she was an extremely aggressive, what you would call red line dog, that wanted to go after every animal out there. And it took us almost a year of working with her to get her broken of this bad habit. Uh, She was an amazing dog and just wonderful. Even people who didn't like dogs loved Pinky. So we kind of got prepared for training dogs with Pinky. Bless her heart. Now we've got the uh, situation where we have a service dog and we had to get him trained through numerous people. First we had to go through basic obedience, then we needed to do the uh, public interactions training, and he was traveling on every mode of transportation we could think of to get him ready for that. It's called public access training. And then we got him trained to recognize my diabetic condition, and Mary McKnight uh, was the woman who trained who helped us train our dog. We did numerous Skype uh, talks and training sessions before we went up to her facility and did an intensive weekend training course to make sure that Boomer was indeed notifying me of my low blood sugar. That was three years ago, I want to say. He was around nine months old when we got him, so he was at the perfect age to get started. And we immediately started taking him out since he was a service dog in training because we knew we'd be traveling a lot. And we took him everywhere we possibly could think of to get him used to going out with us. does it for this episode of Getting Back to Life. I think I've given you a few tips to get the ball rolling on getting back out there and enjoying things safely and having your emotions in check so that you can also be in control of your dog to a greater degree than what you might be if you're nervous. That's the key point to take away from this episode. 
not really sure what I'll talk about next, but I can assure you it will involve talking about dogs and service dogs. Be good to everyone, and remember, you never know what's going on in someone's life, so cut them some slack.